1: Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Sharon Bolt. Sharon, welcome to the show.
0: Hello, Henry, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here.
1: I'm excited to have you. Uh, Sharon has been an entrepreneur for over 16 years. She's a publicity expert and founder of Get Free Publicity Today, her latest venture. She has contributed to more than 40 different local and national newspapers, magazines televisions and radio stations and has received over 1.5 million dollars in free publicity and free advertising for her and her clients she's also the co-author of two highly acclaimed books one is successful women in business and the other one is every entrepreneur's guide running your own business Uh, she was featured in the BBC documentary Britain's most embarrassing pets and you'll soon understand why uh, as uh, and has had a regular slot, rather, on the BBC Radio since 2008, where she answers the listeners' dog dilemmas. Although she maintains her regular dog training slot on BBC, BBC Radio, that is, and other media commitments, her focus nowadays is on teaching startups, business owners, and entrepreneurs how to build a brand, increase visibility, and generate sales through clever use of free publicity and we're going to chat about that today. Uh, Sharon's with us today all the way from Red Hill which is south of London I believe Uh, it's kind of a suburb suburb of London if you will in the uh, UK and today we're going to focus in this episode on her entrepreneurial journey her tips and advice for small business owners particularly in the area of becoming an authority using free publicity public relations to grow your business and just general tips and advice on how she has managed to run several successful businesses. So with that, Sharon Bolt, once again, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much, Henry.
1: Anything I missed there? I got to where you live, correct? That's still a suburb of London is where you're at these days?
0: Yes, I'm about an hour south of London. Yes, okay. uh, yes it's, it's, it's nice, it's nice and warm. It's the warmest side of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be up in those parts briefly next year as uh, we'll spend some time in London and do a cruise out of Southampton. So maybe I'll drive past your, your place almost. Yes. Um, well, great. Well, thanks for being with us. I, I want to start where we usually start with our guests, which is in your entrepreneurial story, how you got to where you are. If I got the research right, you may have started as a therapist. Uh, tell me about that, your first business, first career start.
0: Yeah, that was actually due to a health issue that I had, Henry. I first started out being, I like had a regular job, nine till five. I had actually been working in the airline industry for quite some time and was working my way up the, the, the ranks. And I was a manager and uh, looking after a team of people. And then I suddenly had this health issue, which affected my legs and they thought I had multiple sclerosis. Thankfully it wasn't, but it was uh, something they found it was a a virus that had uh, mysteriously attacked my spinal cord. So it created those types of sensations where it was difficult for me to walk. And when I spoke to the consultant, he wanted to give me an antidepressants and anti-epileptic tablets. Now, I wasn't depressed and I wasn't epileptic, but he assured me it would suppress my nervous system. And, you know, I just didn't understand why I would take it. So I asked him whether it was going to cure me, and he said no. So I said, well, do you know what, I, I just don't want to take it, thank you very much, but no. So. I turned down that avenue and just thought there must be something else out there for me and a friend of a friend had told me about a complementary therapy called kinesiology that she was actually learning and said she'd do some testing whereby she would try to discover what was causing the problems that I was having, the sensations, and I was just blown away by this complementary therapy that I I just thought, do you know what? I've got to get myself on a course, which I did, and it all went from there. That was my my inset, as it were, to to my first business. It was through to a health issue that I became then very passionate about. I had great healing myself and felt I wanted to heal the world. Mm-hmm.
1: Very interesting. Okay, so I did not catch that, that you had, had a, a career in the airline industry and then had this life event that altered things. So, has it uh, continued to alleviate the issues, or do you still battle with it?
0: No, thankfully. It took, took a little while, but no, I play badminton. I, I've got two dogs. We walk for miles every day. I'm fit and healthy, and yes, it, it really did put me on the right path.
1: Got it, and so you started then, that resulted in then you starting your own practice. Tell us a little bit about that and starting that business.
0: Yes, what I did is I was still working in the airline industry and to build up my business, I would hold kinesiology parties in the evening. Mm-hmm. So I'd get a group of people to come round to either my home or go to a friend's home or a client's home at that stage and hold a party and tell people about the the therapy and do a demonstration. So that's how I really started to build my practice up. And I got to a stage where I then went part-time working with the airline industry and part-time complementary therapies. And then eventually I just got to a stage where I thought, I've just got to go for it. And, and I did, and I never looked back.
1: Now, where did you come up with the idea of doing the party approach? Is that something that was common then?
0: No, it wasn't. We had, I'm not sure if you have it also, but at that time we had Tupperware. Did, did oh, you sure. have that Henry?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Very, very big. Tupperware was big even in my family. They uh, are still based in Orlando, Florida. I grew up in South Florida. So my mom did Tupperware various times. So I, I'm familiar with using the party format for those types of products, but I'd never heard it applied to this type of therapy business.
0: No, that's right. That's where I got the idea from. Because, you know, I'd been to various parties. I mean, there was candle parties, there were Tupperware (laughs) parties, there were clothes parties. And I thought, well, I'm going to do kinesiology parties. So that's where I got the idea
1: from. That's great. Very unique. All right. So you had that business for a while. And then I'm assuming a love of pets and dogs in particular led to the next business?
0: Yes. Well, again, it was a personal experience. I wasn't looking to get another business. I was very happy in the complementary therapies. I had a good business. I worked good hours. I was my own boss. I loved it. I had great freedom. So I wasn't actually looking for anything different. Uh, but what happened was I got two puppies two eight week old Parson Russell Terrier puppies, boys from the same litter. And we brought them home and thought, right, let's get them into some puppy orientation classes. Well, little did I know at the time that that was actually very popular. So I ended up speaking to about seven or eight different dog trainers. And when I said what I had, they all said the same thing to me, which was, this is the worst case scenario. Because they're blood related, they do whatever they want. And because they're boys, they will fight for the top dog position, hmm. whereby you'll need to rehome one of them. Well, as you can imagine, Henry, I was, I was devastated. And I looked at these, and I remember it clearly. I looked at these two bundles of fluff in front of me. They fit in my hand or fitted in my hand at that stage. And I said out loud, You two are not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, there was no way you could choose just one.
0: No, that that would be awful, wouldn't it? So I was on a mission. I wanted to find a natural way that would, well, a way to communicate to my dogs in a language that they understood. And I knew it had to be something different from the conventional way of training because I'd been told by conventional dog trainers that it was the worst case scenario. So that was it. I was on a pathway then to find that way to learn their language, to tick their boxes, and to, to for it to be natural and kind and gentle at the same time. Well, on Sunday just gone, Henry, they were 12 years old, wow. and they are the best of friends. They, there's never been a crossword between them, and I just love them.
1: That's great. So then how does that lead to, in 2004, founding Good Dogs?
0: Yes yeah, so what I did then is I had these puppies and I thought well I was I was introducing the techniques that I'd learned with my complementary therapy clients who had dogs and I was seeing amazing results with my own dogs with with my client's dogs but I didn't have a website I did, it wasn't a business it was just really a, a passion and a hobby And then I saw an opportunity come up, and this was on a radio station, which is a national radio station in the UK. There was a DJ who said that the following week, what he was going to do was to have a dog training expert on the show to answer dog training questions. And I thought to myself, wow, I know a lot that's been going on here. I haven't been, I've been doing this for many months and it's certainly not a business, but I can do that. I could really share some valuable information with people. So what I did is I sat down and I wrote an email to the show And I said, I I made it all about what I could do for them and their audience. Nothing about me. I knew they weren't interested in me. It was nothing to do with me, nothing personal. I knew that too. But it was all about how I could entertain and educate their audience. So that's how my email was. So I sent it off and I got nothing back. A few days later, the same DJ said that what he was going to do is also talk about, in that particular show, about overweight dogs. And in his words, he said, podgy dogs. <laughs> so so what I did, Henry, is I sat down at the computer again. In the subject line, I typed in, podgy dogs, I'm your girl. And there I was. I was explaining about why dogs are overweight, natural ways of healing this and dealing with this and said, give me a call. You need to get me on your show. Well, I heard nothing back again. Over the weekend, I then did a dog training consultation and it was for a lady who had two boxer dogs and these dogs were literally eating the house from the inside out when she went out. They had severe separation anxiety. So they were eating the carpet, the bed, the cushions, the settee, everything was being destroyed. So I went and I did the consultation, swapped things around, put things in place, came home and wrote to the show again and explained about this. Said to them again, I can really entertain and educate your listeners. Please call me. On the Monday morning, I got a call from the researcher. On the Wednesday, I was sitting in the studio answering dog training questions as a dog training expert to 4 million listeners.
1: Amazing. And that was your first media experience, certainly, of that size, right?
0: That was my first media experience completely.
1: Did you, if you look back, like in in school, at at any point in your life, did you you do um, any kind of presentations or any type of media exposure? What I'm getting at is, where did it come from in you to know or overcome any fear of saying, I can do that?
0: I think what it was, Henry, growing up, I had always been, my glass has always been half full rather than half empty. So I had that self-belief and that's what I practiced. I, I seemed to get it early on that it was about practicing that, you know, I could practice that the, oh I'm not good enough or I could practice that I can do it and I chose to practice I can do it so that's the song and the, the information that I tell myself so what I did is that there wasn't I I had done things you know gone, gone for for example when I was in the airline industry I would always go for promotion believing I could do it so it was those types of things but I hadn't I hadn't ever been in uh, the lead in a school play or had done any public speaking. I just had this passion. I saw an opportunity. I believed I could make a difference. It felt exciting to me, so I went for it.
1: Yeah, That's wonderful. It's a great story and a great approach to life. Uh, So you still have that business, and then if I got it right in about 2015 is when you founded Get Publicity Today. So tell us about what led you to start get get free publicity today is the name of the business, right?
0: That's correct. Yes.
1: So how did you come to founding that business?
0: Well what I did is I transitioned them from the complementary therapies to the dog training after I had I did that on the national radio I, I was so enthused that my passion then was no longer in in helping and healing uh, people it was about dogs and their owners for me so I transitioned into the different career and that's what I did then for the next 10 years or so and I really got involved in the business side of things the marketing side of things I went to networking in meetings and I would always mix with business owners and entrepreneurs 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 and they would always ask me the same thing. How do you get featured so often in the press? What do you do? So I decided, right, it's time for me to lift the lid. And, and show people and explain to people. So what I've been doing I'm in the process at the moment is I'm developing three publicity courses that's going to be online courses. And it's been a year in the development because I've come up with a formula that I want to explain and show people step by step exactly what to do. So I'm looking to launch that in about a month, maybe two months at the most, uh, and I'm just extremely excited about that.
1: Fantastic. And thanks for giving that background there, because I got excited and skipped right over the uh, good dogs business. So thanks for additional <laughs> color there. Uh, all right, so fantastic. And so we're recording this September of 2016, and uh, not sure exactly when people will be listening to it, but we will have updated and make sure if the courses are available by then, there'll be links in the show notes page at thehowabusiness.com to those courses. But let's start diving into some of that content, at least introducing it. And I wanna start with this whole idea of becoming an authority or an expert in your field and why, why that's important to the small business owner who's listening. Why do should they care about that and how does it help with building a small business like it did with yours?
0: Yeah, that's a very good question, Henry. When I, as I explained, when I did the the national radio interview, I had no website, I wasn't set up as a business in that, that type of area. I, it was a passion, it was something that I, I dreamed of and wanted to do. but one thing that it did, so it didn't it didn't get people knocking on the door for me because they they couldn't find me. I didn't have anything that I could could promote. but what it did do is it gave me huge credibility. So I entered into a new business as being somebody that was extremely credible because I could splatter on my marketing and my business that I had been interviewed on national radio. So the thing is, when you advertise, people see you differently as they do if you're featured. You are somebody who's automatically credible and a specialist, an expert in your field because you're being featured. So this is how it really changes round. So people start to see you as a celebrity. Now, whether we love or hate the whole celebrity thing, the big It's just big business. If people can see you as a celebrity, that's going to really enhance your business. So it can literally elevate you and position you as an expert in your field. Literally, I mean, for me, it was overnight because of my, my national radio exposure
1: it's amazing how that psychologically works always has and probably always will someone will say you know oh yeah sharon yeah she's the dog lady or sharon yeah she was featured in the bbc show and all of a sudden people's attention uh perks up right because somehow yes. that gives you authority and that's what people perceive whether it's real or not it's interesting though that you went to it you went into it almost backwards you became this celebrity to an extent an authority and then that was an authority who started a business because you didn't have that presence yet or you didn't know any better. Going, Looking back on it, would you have done it differently? Would you have established at least that website presence before you went on the show?
0: I think if, if I was was pitching as in creating a story idea, I would. I would have things in place because, yes, it, to have things in place is really, really good. But if you see an opportunity like I did, I mean, that was, I was a perfect fit. I, I couldn't let that go. I had to go for it. If I didn't go and grab that opportunity there and then, who knows if that would to come up again? So I think in an ideal world, yes but don't miss the opportunities is what I would say.
1: Good point. Yeah, good point. Don't pass it up waiting for everything to be in alignment. Now, the reality is that most of us are not going to necessarily have an opportunity to get on a national show, but we can apply that locally, regionally. We can think of how that might apply to other type of scenarios where it is an opportunity for us to uh, put ourselves forward as an expert. It could be a very hyper-local. It could be a chamber of commerce event. It could be a local radio show. All types of ways that that same approach can apply, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yes, I mean, if it's say a local station or a local newspaper to come up with a local angle, that is just perfect. You know, it could be something that you've done. Uh, you could have climbed Mount Everest or something. You know, or got an accolade of something in your profession. Although people don't tend to want to just read about how good you are, they want a story with it, if it's local exposure, if you are somebody local that's done good in something, they will look to promote you and feature you as long as there's a good story with it.
1: And that's the key point, and that's what you did so well, is you either instinctively or by trial and error or or having researched it, You knew that you had to pitch them on why this was newsworthy and a fit for that particular show, why what you had to share was going to be entertaining in the case of what that show was looking for, right?
0: that's right it's it's again about ticking their boxes it's not about me coming up and thinking oh do you know what I want to be featured on this topic so I'm going to go to this, this radio station or this publication or this TV show and just pitch it it's about getting into their heads getting into their mindset start researching and start studying the types of shows or the types of publications and articles that they feature because once you start getting in in tune with that you know what to pitch to them because you know what types of stories they like to run yeah
1: another thing you've said uh, either was on another podcast you were on or somewhere I read you said I dared to call myself an expert so talk to me about that and that mindset
0: yeah that was that was really comes from when I pitched myself for uh, that story that I told you with national radio because I hadn't a business I was a startup at the very very beginning I I say I had no website I didn't even have an email address so but I dared to claim that expertise spot I didn't wait for somebody else to tell me I was an expert or or wait for somebody else to say it was okay for me to go for it regardless that I'd only just started I believed in myself. I saw the difference that I was making. And to me, I made it irrelevant that it was a matter of months and not years that I'd been in in the profession. I dared to call myself an expert and I dared to go for it.
1: Yeah, I love that. And that comes from your confidence. It also comes from what I always talk about, which is that what you do have is a unique and particular point of view and a perspective on something and that alone makes you an expert because it's your perspective.
0: Well that's true isn't it? And and also when you are learning a particular topic or subject that's where you are enthusiastic that's where you are passionate and really you know more than the general public than you know that the general person just walking around you know more than they do and you can help them with some valuable advice. Yeah,
1: definitely. All right, let's talk a little bit more about running a business. You've now developed a lot of expertise and are helping people with it as well. What do you think are some of those important lessons that you've learned about just the basics, the mechanics of running a business well?
0: Yeah, that's a good one as well, Henry one thing that i would have liked to have done uh, that i have obviously didn't do on the onset in that radio show the 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 national radio was if i'd had a website to have something of values a freebie that somebody could actually sign up for something that was that was going to give them some advice some help put them in the right direction something that they would have then given me their email address for in exchange for a short time after I did the radio I was then featured on national tv now, at this stage, I was set up. So I had straight away a sign-up form on my website for free dog training tips that I knew would be valuable to people that came to my website that were my target market. So from that that media exposure, I had actually two slots on a, a, a breakfast morning show. So it sent hundreds and hundreds of signups to my website. So that's what I would say is to have something, a freebie and something of value that you can give to people in exchange for their email
1: address. Yeah, great advice. And when it comes to running your business, is it just yourself? Do you have employees? Do you have a virtual team? Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, I tend to outsource. So with some of the admin side of things and the design side of things. But during my business experience, I've I've now actually built six different websites. I love all, (laughs) it seems strange this when I say this, Henry, but I actually really enjoy and embrace the technology. And this is something else that I would really recommend to people because I hear so many people say all about how they dread technology. Well, I love it. I embrace it. I think it's amazing and I'm going to grab it with both hands and get the very best that I can from it. So my mindset is very positive positive with technology. And that is something that I pick up on quite a lot with business owners. They're quite the opposite. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, and so is it just yourself and the virtual team that you outsource to, or do you have anybody else on staff?
0: No, that's, that's what I do is myself and the, the staff that I outsource to.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. So very lean operation, obviously. Yes. Um, so we're going to segue into publicity and PR, but just in general, I wanted to ask this question just overall, doesn't matter what subject, What, what are is there one thing you see often with small business owners that's a mistake they make in starting their business, whether it's how they go about the marketing or the initial publicity or PR, which is an area of expertise, is there something that stands out that you see, oh, I see everybody do this the wrong way?
0: Well, I think one of the things that I do see, Henry, is mindset. I think we do have to have this strong mindset. And something that I did is when I was being interviewed on that that first thing on the national radio... I didn't tell hardly anybody that I was actually going to be on the show. Now, the reason for that is that I was gung-ho. I was, you know, this was great. It was an opportunity. I was really singing myself a positive song. But I didn't want to be... Surrounded by people's fears and worries and concerns of what if you were asked a question that you didn't know. It could all go dreadfully wrong. What about your business? So I didn't want other people's worries and fears to be projected on me because one thing that I do know is that when you tell somebody something, they often reflect back to you what it would be like if they were in your shoes. Now I know it's not everyone's type of thing to go on a national radio show on, when, with that type of experience that I had. So I didn't want to surround myself with people that could pull me down and start chipping away at my armor. And it actually, you may laugh about this, but this was also my husband too. He was he was really concerned <laughs> that I was going to be on national radio and what if I said or did something wrong? So I actually had to just really segment myself away from him too. And he did share with me that when I came home after it, he was listening to it and he just said. To himself, oh, quick! Please get her on and get it over and done with.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is so compelling. I, I love this topic, so I want to dive into it a little bit because I think you've touched on something so important here. And if we take just that example, what your husband was possibly portraying onto you was, I don't want you to make a fool of yourself. Really, what he was saying, I don't want me to be feel like a fool. And it's not that he wasn't doing it in a negative way, but like you said, he was projecting onto you his what he was thinking of what could happen if you failed right that's right and so as business owners i talk about this a lot that we have to be careful who we get input and advice on in that delicate early phase because what i have found to your point is that people who are not entrepreneurs they almost want you to fail not in a malicious way not because they don't like you or they purposely think that way but because it justifies why they don't take the risk it justifies why I don't go on the radio and so I want to project onto you exactly like you said so that you won't do it because that validates why I won't do it that's
0: exactly it Yes, makes them feel better
1: makes them feel better but what it does is it drags you down now when it comes to a small business owner what I do recommend is you take advice from others who are in it who are in the arena and you're going to get a different input from those people because there is something to be said for putting yourself in an, on an island and not learning from others, like learning from you. But that's different than the person who isn't in it and is going to, like you said, project onto you this negativity. And I think that's such a huge takeaway. Thanks for sharing that.
0: Yeah, it's such a fragile stage, isn't it? You've got this, this either wonderful idea or this passion about something. And if you are somewhat different from the majority, you're going to stand out as being quite strange and a bit odd. And people are going to try and, you know, put you back in your place a little bit. So, yeah, I I hardly told anybody. And I did, I'd say, segment myself away even from my husband because I was going to have a good time time they were my decisions when I went to the show I'd made some very strong decisions that it was going to be good fun everyone was going to be nice to me and I was going to have a great time and when I spoke to the the DJ it was as if I was just speaking to him in my front room we were having a chat over a cup of coffee and that was it
1: and it is about mindset, though. You had that strong enough mindset of going about it this way. And again, to clarify, this wasn't about bashing your husband. He, I'm sure, it was extremely <laughs> supportive. And it's not, it's not something that people do on purpose or in any way maliciously. It's just human nature.
0: It did take him quite some time, Henry, though. It's funny, isn't it? He he was really quite frightened. Uh, it took him quite some time for me. And, of course, then I went on the TV. Well, that was crucifying for him.
1: Yeah. But, but do, you think, <laughs> you, do you think it's because he was trying to protect you? He didn't want you to to be hurt or to be made a fool of. Do you think that was absolutely. part of it? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And as being married to me, of course, that would have, you know, effects for him too. Sure. I mean, thankfully now he listens to my shows. I am mean, regularly on TV and on the radio and everything. So he actually regularly listens to it and he's absolutely fine. But it did take him quite some time to get used to.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. All right. Let's talk about publicity and public relations a little bit more. There's a great download on your website. It's a free download. It's called "How to Write an Attentive No, an Attention-Grabbing Press Release," and you you lay out quite a bit of information there. But just introduce that concept and a couple of the tips, perhaps, on how to do that effectively. Because because yes. press releases, especially like when we first started business, you know, I wrote a press release and. I had no idea if it was any good. I didn't get much traction. So tell us a little bit about how to do that effectively.
0: Yes, there is a particular format that journalists like. So it's like a universal format. So that's what I go into detail in the report. And I explain exactly how to section things, what to include, what quotes, where to position everything. Because the thing is, when, when a journalist gets a press release, they, they're likely to get hundreds a day. So if you send them a document and it's not set out correctly where they skim through it, they know where everything is, they know how to focus in to see if this is relevant to them, something that is, they're wanting for their audience. So if they can't skim it and see straight away, then they hit delete. So that, that's why having the correct format is really, really important. So that's what I go through in detail step by step in the report for people. But and,
1: and that, I'm sorry to interrupt. That, that You made that point of delete. I want to make sure that doesn't just quickly go by. That is how these folks that are making the decision as to whether they're going to do anything with your press release and ultimately what we want them to do is run some kind of an article or mention or something. They're getting an email and quickly scanning subject lines and deciding yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. All right, let me look at this one a little bit further, right?
0: That's right. You've got about five or 10 seconds to get their attention. So so you've got to be good and you've got to be quick. And that opening paragraph is really essential.
1: Any other tips along those lines from a PR perspective for small business owners, especially as I'm starting to, I've just opened my business, I'm starting to get, trying to get that initial publicity, other thoughts, techniques that you've seen that work with small business owners?
0: Yes. Back onto this, what we were talking about, Henry, really, about the, the journalist. there are some things that we can do to stand out. Now, bearing in mind, they're going to get hundreds of emails a day. So in the, the subject letter or subject line, if you put at the very beginning either press release or pitch or story idea so that they know straight away that it's something of potential interest to them. Because although they get lots of pitches and press releases, they are relying on us to come up with some really good relevant story ideas that they can share with their audience. So straight away you're getting their attention because you're saying that you've got something potentially interesting to them. So that's that's at the very beginning of the subject line and then you follow it with a very concise summary of what the press release is about. So this is where there's no, we don't want no business jargon, we don't want anything clever, we don't want any puns, any fancy wording, just really clear, concise to the point. And what I say to people to do is that if you was to give your subject line, your headline there, to a six or seven year old child, if they can understand what it's about, then you're on, on track.
1: Mm, great, great rule of thumb there. Good good technique. Okay, very good, very good. Thanks for sharing that. All right, we'll start to wrap it up. I want to get a little bit more personal again, and that is understanding. I'm always interested in understanding what people think their keys to success in life and in business have been. We've talked about quite a few of those for you that have stood out for me. We, we talked about your resourcefulness and your resilience uh, and your perseverance as well as in the example of getting that first opportunity on the radio that self-belief that mindset that confidence that was instilled in you early on definitely has been a key and i think it sounds to me as i listen to your stories and how you've created businesses around that is you have a very practical aptitude to take a problem or something that's happened to you and turn that into a business uh, which is a unique ability i think But let me not put words in your mouth. What do you think has been or have been some of the keys to your success in life and in business?
0: I think it is to enjoy what you're doing. I think that's why I have been successful, Henry, because each of my businesses have been born on the back of an interest something that i get up in the morning and, and i'm i'm eager to get going and you know i obviously i run my business from a laptop and so i can work wherever i want to but I'm interested in enthused to get up and sometimes I'll be up, but you know, if I'm if I'm on the roll and I'm interested in, some, in a particular project, I might be up at five o'clock in the morning because I can't wait to, to get going and starting on something, or, or up at eleven o'clock at night because I, I'm just really loving what I'm doing. And then I'll take time off whenever I want to. So that's obviously the flexibility of having your own business. But I think it's born from actually having a business not to necessarily make money that's not the focus the focus is is enjoyment is to to make a difference in the world to enjoy what you're doing and have fun it's got to be fun the money will come and everything else will line up but to make it not based on well i think that is a niche that i could make money no what what fills you with passion what what fills you with enthusiasm what lights you up and that's the real starting block for me
1: yeah I love that so to that end what what uh, is what, what is it that you're most excited about today either in business or in life
0: I am eating sleeping and drinking these new publicity courses uh-huh. that I'm I'm doing I I I can't tell you, Henry, I've been been with this for, as I say, for about a year now with the research, with the trial and the testing that I've been doing, coming up with a a step-by-step format and formula that I can then share with people. I'm including media training for people that want to focus on getting on TV or podcast shows or radio shows or in the press. So it's all step-by-step how to find journalists, how to come up with exciting headlines how to create relationships with journalists i am loving it and i'm so excited about i'm not quite ready to launch but i can't wait
1: yeah it's exciting have you decided what platform or will it be your own platform that'll be accessible on
0: it will be on my own platform and i will be launching it through webinars online webinars
1: fantastic fantastic We'll, we'll be sure to have links to that on the show notes page when it goes live And you'll be able to find that at the howabusiness.com. So that's, that's fantastic. Okay, so summarize for me today how you engage with clients. Right now, the publicity courses haven't been released yet. So how do you engage with clients today and perhaps going forward?
0: Well, what I do, I, I really do keep myself focused on these courses. That has been my number one focus. So I've really engulfed myself. And yes, I, I meet up with business owners. So I give them tips and advice how to come up with attention grabbing headlines, what to do in the press release, how to pitch to the right publication, how to find the right journalists. But really and truly... I'm just really focused in on these publicity courses. That's, that's, I, oh, I'm so excited about it. Okay,
1: that's great. Yeah, so you've been doing a little bit of coaching, maybe with existing clients, but this is the focus and this is what's next is the publicity courses that you're about to release.
0: That's right. And then I'm going to just launch it to the world. I'm, you know, all over where, because I just think that there's so much information in these courses that is something, this is how I always monitor it myself, Henry there's stuff in these courses that I would love to have had when I first started it would have made so much difference for me, it would have fast tracked me to success rather than obviously I've had to to test and trial and go through different things and it's been a learning experience and it's put me in the position I am now but I am talking 10 plus years later and I want to cut down that learning experience and give people the tools that they need to get the time of success that they deserve
1: yeah that's great we look forward to those courses being available all right final few questions here is there a book besides yours that uh, you've read recently or perhaps in the past that you would recommend to our listeners
0: well the book that I particularly like and this isn't actually well directly involved in business but it's I really like something called the law of attraction and the book for me is Ask and It's Given by Abraham Hicks.
1: Ask, is, ask and It's Given, is that what
0: you said? That's right, okay. by Abraham Hicks. And it, it talks about a universal law. And we tend to know about it in the form that if we fear and dread things to go wrong, they usually do. It's the universal law of attraction. What we think about, what we focus on, what we speak about, we tend to draw to us. So um, that really explains it in the book very nicely.
1: Great. Thanks for that recommendation. We'll have a link to that book as well as to your books on the show notes page. You can find that at thehowofbusiness.com. All right, we'll wrap it up here now, Sharon. A last parting piece of advice or thought for our listener.
0: I think I th- what I find most happens with business owners and people in general is that we we wait for somebody else to give us the approval to to make us feel that we're good enough and I say turn it from the inside out start telling yourself start focusing on your good points start practicing the things that is is good about you and I know that's just going to sound a bit bit strange and Perhaps even a little uncomfortable for people to begin with because we're so focused on how we should improve and what we should do differently and better and what I'm saying is flip it on its side start focusing on your good points so that that becomes what what is grown within you and start believing in you you're the one to tell you that you're good don't wait for other people to either validate you or approve of you or tell you you're good enough do that yourself Yourself, make that your job.
1: I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Where would you like our listeners to go online to find out more about you and then eventually the online courses?
0: Yes, if everybody likes to sign up for that free report on getfreepublicitytoday.com, what I'll do then, i say that will get people up and running. And then when I am at a stage to be holding webinars and launching the courses, I'll be keeping everybody involved and up to date.
1: Perfect. And we'll have a link to that as well in the show notes page. Well, Sharon, it's been extremely interesting chatting with you. Very enlightening. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me as your guest, Henry. I've really enjoyed it.
1: Folks, this is Henry Lopez. You've been listening to another episode of The How of Business. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, we would welcome and thank you for subscribing to our show. We look forward to having you join us on the next episode of The How of Business. Thank you for listening to
0: The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by levantebusinessgroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dream.